What's the deal with music festivals? <laughs> Expensive food and a poor quality. Thousands of drug constrangers, not social distancing. I don't even like most of the music. I can't pick! Who chooses to come? <laughs> if I wanted that quality of life, I'd take the 163rd Street on the sea line over and over again. What is the deal with music festivals? <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Your Fest. Uh, yeah, this is Tommy doing the intro here. No Johnny today. Not sure why. He might have gone missing. No, not really. I've been very busy with work. We've not found a time to do an intro together this week. Hence why the podcast is a bit late. So I apologies. Apologies. Apologize to that Your Fest fans. But great that we got Jerry Seinfeld to do the intro for us. Shame he won't actually come on the pod, but... He's working on some new material there. Don't know what you think of it. I thought yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Anyway, uh, Tommy, do you want to explain the uh, concept of the festival? Uh, yes, Tommy, I will. Okay, so every week we get a guest on to talk about their dream hypothetical music lineup. Anyone dead or alive, three days, a name for the festival, and three main headline acts. And this week our guest is the brilliant Josh Berry. Um, Josh Berry is a impressionist a writer a comedian and i think he's absolutely brilliant he bought me a lot of me and my mum actually uh a lot of joy during lockdown we'd always send each other the impressions he'd do and the characters he'd do he's got a podcast called josh berry's fake news and he is a wonderful lovely lad and i'm absolutely buzzing to have him on so let's do this let's go to josh berry's your fest James A. Caster, welcome to your fest and to the Your Fest planning committee. How are you doing today? Oh, fair play. I've got to say, first of all, well, thanks so much for having me on, man. Uh, it's, good, it's good to see you all. Uh, I mean, obviously, I can't see you. It's, it's a bloody podcast, but uh, a fair play. I, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm so excited. Uh, I nearly uh, weed all over my corduroy trousers. <laughs> And fair play to me. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that, James. We're actually going to now get Josh Berry into the into the Your Fest planning committee as well. Josh, welcome to Your Fest and to the Your Fest planning committee. It was James, was it? It was me. It was. It was <laughs> but we could have kept it going. We could have run for the whole. I could have done that for an hour. No. Well, I would, welcome I would, to twenty sixteen fest. These are the best. Yeah, yeah. Ever. This is the greatest songs. Uh, this one's a song about apricots. <laughs> uh, this one is a song about when my girlfriend left me and it made me feel very sad <laughs> is that another dagger in our hopes of getting actual James A. Oh, yeah, maybe, I, no, I, I think I think he knows I think he's um, phenomenal and amazing it's a gentle but very loving piss take I think has he ever, has he ever has he spoke to you like, has he ever re- replied to it uh, yeah, I think yeah. He's, he he tweet, when he was on Twitter, he tweeted out a few times. I've never I've never met him though. I would like to meet him because I think it's it's always quite a weird thing when you meet someone you do an impression of. I've had it with Andy Murray, where like 
it's almost like that it's almost like hearing yourself because you've you've spent so much time with their voice that you're like oh well that's my voice and uh, you know i've sort of had him he's like talking like that and i'm like oh hang on a second i'm really recognizing <laughs> that voice from somewhere i'm pretty sure that's my voice and it, yeah so it's, it's quite weird but i think it's um i think most people perceive it to be flattering i've never had anyone who's been upset by it i i love but, you to me I, we were actually just saying before this how uh how incredible your your louis through one is if you met yeah. if you met him that would be well, bizarre well tommy thanks for saying that because um you know actually i've really i really like louis a lot i sort of i like you guys we've been having a great chat off the camera do you sort of feel like you know it's going quite well so far or is it or is it you know did it get a little bit awkward as soon as i started doing louis i feel like you're um, going yeah. into revealing my uh, my most problematic tell me about all the tell me about all your all the worst things you've done in your life could you talk about that <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, I, knew, I, I never knew it was an impression of Louis Theroux that was going to get us cancelled. <laughs> Re regular listeners to this podcast will know that Tommy has a couple of uh, good impressions up his sleeve. Ooh. I'm not fucking, no, no. He has, no, he has, no. He has a Please good John Lennon and a good Mick, uh, Mick, Mick Jagger. Oh, I'd love to hear Mick Jagger. I can't... Uh, the thing is, you know, you know what? They're, they're not actually my best ones, Johnny. I've not actually done my best ones. I, I, oh, God. I, I told you not to fucking do this. But... I really want to hear Mick Jagger. Oh, God. Um, I've just heard fuck. it on the trip, you know, on the trip where Rob, uh, where Rob Brown and Steve Coogan are doing it. And he's well, like... Sorry, well, well, yeah, when, when I, no, when I do impressions, it's usually from seeing someone else doing one. I'm like, oh, actually, I, I think I could do that. Well, Mick, Mick Jagger's sort of... Yeah, um, <laughs> okay, um, it's great to be on... Uh, great to be on this podcast today, guys. Um, but no, it's, it's fucking doing it. The, the, the one that I actually think is pretty good is um i can do tom hardy on um oh, yeah. on um peaky blinders uh oh so, yeah, yeah right you um right thing is tommy what you've done yeah, mate you fucked up haven't you yeah so <laughs> your your brother alfu he is a fucking animal what a mate what a camp somebody <laughs> <laughs> Well, he is. Um... Right. It's a fucking thing, right? I never fucking believe this. <laughs> That's Tom Hardy's like one character voice as well in everything in, in Legend as well. If you've seen that film, he's yeah, like, it's the same voice. Yeah, it's just all like fucking that. Oh my, that fucking group. Yeah, and now and now he hosts. Now he's like does the um the voiceover for that Spurs documentary on Amazon, and I didn't find out until like the third episode, and then ever since then I was just like I can't take it seriously because any any minute I just expecting to be like do you feel in anyway not thanks thanks that johnny i feel really embarrassed now we've got a we've got a pat planning committee today we've got through in we've got a caster in we've got <laughs> jagger yeah. we've got uh, hardy. hardy uh but we're mainly here for josh <laughs> so josh as a as a mute you warned us before we started that you have a, a terrible music taste yeah so yeah. we're looking forward to investigating that further but um as for music festivals as a whole are you a fan of them and have you been to many of them i haven't actually i i, I haven't uh, and i would really i actually haven't ever been to one everyone used to go to reading i'm born like grew up in reading from the age of 11 all my school friends used to go to reading festival 
and I and I I just I never went, but I would I would really actually like to go. I just sort of worry that it would be kind of full of um, drugged up children. That I feel like maybe would kind of ruin the vibe a little bit. Um, <laughs> What's not to love about drugged up children? Well, they're very not. Well, actually, to be fair, drugged up children are probably much more amicable than drunk children. You know, like, it's that classic thing of anyone on ecstasy is really quite pleasant to be around, whereas, you know, people who are drunk, you can be very violent and irritating. But also, I don't really, you know, like the sweaty grip of a moronic 17-year-old being like, mate, I just, I, I've only just met you, but I love you. Like, you don't, you don't want that. Drug, <laughs> drugged up children sound like a band that would be playing the NME stage at Reading. Yeah, Festival I was just thinking the same thing. I was thinking exactly the same thing. Guys, maybe we should, maybe we should, maybe this is our the sign that we should form a band. <laughs> drugged up children. Who's the, who's the, so what, what, what are we? Are we like synth musician? Like, what's the deal? Yeah, I'd, I'd say like, um, uh, post new rave. Uh, right. <laughs> right. Um, well, I've got like, I've, I've actually got my keyboard uh, next to me, so we can get that involved. I've been trying to, I've been trying to re relearn the keyboards, uh, which isn't going very well. But so, yeah, I'm, I'm, like a block party kind of vibe, you know, like a sort of new, maybe with the Louis Theroux vocals. But, like <laughs> we could do a cover of One More Chance. Give me one more chance to love through. <laughs> I think that would be good. <laughs> I'm also concerned with the, too many re uh, references to the phrase drugged up children. We may appear on a, a QAnon uh, conspiracy theory page. So yeah, sorry, sorry. For now. <laughs> uh, the out of context your first uh, account is going to fucking love this. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but you say loads of your friends went to Reading Festival. It would mm. feel for me if I went to Reading and lived in Reading that it would be a bit like messing up your own doorstep. Yeah, yeah, like a, a a busman's holiday, isn't it? That's the phrase, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. yeah. I know what you mean. I really like to go to Glastonbury. It just sells out so fast. But um, yeah, there are all kinds of there are all kinds of festivals. I I just I've just done more comedy festivals traditionally, but they're they're a whole a very different bang. There's a lot more sort of old women in Kath Kidston at comedy festivals than the, <laughs> the music festivals. Is this our uh, episode? Um mention for latitude festival which which goes every every single episode it always gets a mention well i think okay. we're trying to get free tickets for next year me and tommy oh yeah can i come with you? i'd love to come with you guys can we, can we do that as a as a three yeah the drug um, children well... <laughs> the drug children only, only, only if you come as louis theroux though yeah i will I'll, I'll bring the glasses and the I mean, we, we don't dress that dissimilarly, to be honest, as well. So I don't I want to spot you. But uh, yeah, we, there, there, was, there were those two, I don't know if you saw this, there's a story online, these two Scottish guys who like conned the entire music industry and managed to play like massive venues. That could be us. We could be the next generation of that. Yeah. Syllable, syllable and Brains, they were called. Oh, um, yeah. Great hip hop hoax, which is an amazing music documentary about how they got away with it. Taxi drivers, you think your life's bad? Imagine a minus. It's like going down on a girl with bad 
with no rider. Irrational. Walk around butt naked. Look at Brady, so unfashionable. There were two Scottish guys, probably about 15 years ago, maybe, um, that tried to have like um, a music career as rappers. And then um, basically they went for auditions and people were like, no, we're not really buying into it because you're Scottish and it doesn't feel authentic. So they dressed, started dressing like as Americans and put on American accents and they got signed straight away. And they had to put up the pretense that they were American and it like messed with their like heads completely. And they spent loads of money on booze that they were getting for their recording. They never like wrote or recorded any of the songs they were contracted to and it's just one of them just quit they were living in london one of them just quit and went to work on an oil rig in like the north of scotland because he just couldn't handle it anymore but the documentary is incredible they like supported d12 at like the astoria and things like that what were they rapping again what were their songs it was a bit like they were like beastie boys like eminem style like but they've made up stuff I, the thing I just found so weird about that is the, whether they were kind of like rejected by the music industry, given that the music industry is, and any industry, is quite heavily based on deception. It's quite heavily based on a cultivated image. And the fact that that wasn't entirely rooted in truth, I was like, yeah, but like, so is any artist, right? Like, it just seems like a weird... It was more that they... Tried, true, yeah. I guess the industry felt uh, like they'd been duped and didn't like it. Kind of like when Dominic Cummings outsmarts the media... <laughs> and then the media are like, oh, you but it's actually more to do with the fact that their ego is hurt rather than, you know, actually Dominic Cummings necessarily doing anything wrong. God, yeah, that's true. But all, all you know, what do you say? It was like 15 years ago. Yeah, it was like well, it was like when Jackass was massive because like they made loads oh, of Jackass man. style videos as well, and they were like they proper tried to convince well, that they were fully American. Well, that period, that period of music, so like what 2004 to. 2008 I, I feel like that was a period where kind of the enemy the enemy was so prominent and i feel like anyone could kind of get signed back then like probably purely based on hype or their looks this is the key to getting drugged up children signed we just have to yeah. look the part yeah yeah i think we do look the part don't we do we don't maybe me yeah. i think to be honest the biggest aesthetic problem is me uh, as far as <laughs> I need to change something. Maybe, what would you think, shave the hair off? Or... No, I think, I feel like your hair is uh, quite versatile in the sense we could kind of give it like a, a Morrissey, a bit of a Morrissey okay. flick. Yeah, 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 maybe, yeah. As long yeah. as that's the only thing that you're taking from Morrissey. Um, yeah, no, well, <laughs> I, well, to be honest, uh, I, I was hoping the racism would work its way into uh, <laughs> That was my goal. The thing about Morrissey, Morrissey as well. Young interviews. Have you, ever seen, you are, you are sorry, mate. have you ever seen Morrissey when he's young interview, like in the 80s? Yeah, yeah. He's so weird, isn't he? He's such <laughs> a weird guy. I left you and I came to live in Stratford on a road called King's Road. I lived there for a very long time. It's quite um, bland, quite uneventful. There's not a really great deal to say about King's Road. I never had a social life. I, I never left the house. I just simply sat in and read and... Um, watch television and done all the things that in life are generally considered to be quite negative and quite soul-destroying. The only way that I could find any mental relaxation is to simply go out and walk and to walk around these streets, which can seem quite depressing to most people and seem quite laughably simplistic. But for me, it was perfect fuel because then I would go home and I would write furiously. And I found that, for me, it was a brilliant outlet. It was the thing that helped. I feel absolutely, and you know what, it's similar to that Dominic 
Dominic Cummings thing you said, he was, he, I, I feel like we're all annoyed because he was basically fucking saying it all along. Like <laughs> these sort of messages, they weren't really nuanced in the, like, it, it, what did he have? Like th there was a song, uh, one of his first solo songs after the Smiths in like 1989, and it was called National Front Disco. And <laughs> it wasn't like, I think everyone assumed it was it ironic. It was always there. It was yeah. always yeah. there. It was there in fucking plain sight. And it is just, I think that's even more of a kick than, especially for me, I absolutely worshipped him growing up. And then I remember this art, this interview in the enemy in about 2008, 2009. And it's when he said the Chinese are a subspecies. And, you know, after that, like, I, but that was kind of before cancel culture. So everyone just yeah. kind of, it, it got swept under the rug, but it turns out it's been a all along is what I'm saying. <laughs> did you ever make a pilgrimage to Salford Lads Club, Tommy? Of course I fucking did, mate. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a wedding there two years ago. It's a lovely place. Yeah, it is. So I, lads, this is the most pathetic thing ever, but I've just got to uh, take my inhaler. <laughs> Sorry, your, your hand covered your inhaler there, and so I thought yeah. you were climbing a uh, masturbation or something. <laughs> I've just... I was sort of plan. Oh, 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 for a wank. We've had 15 minutes talking in that. <laughs> what is it about festivals that's inhibited you from going? Is it just that they clash with, with comedy stuff? or is uh, like, Well, no, because I'd, be, I'd have to be a lot more successful than I am to have that, have that excuse. <laughs> uh, was about, was probably fear, uh, I think, on a level. Uh, I think... Uh, I, you know, I, th I thought, yeah, I think I probably will be slightly afraid. It's probably never been my, my scene as much. I'm more of a kind of a sports guy. Uh, but yeah, I, th I think, I don't know. It just seems like a very big commitment, you know, because I, I like a night out as much as the next man. Uh, but, but it, you know, when it's kind of like three days, for, for me, that seems like uh, super, super intense. Do you think it's the camping aspect? It sounds like that's yeah. what you're alluding to, the kind of, camping and toilet and basic yeah, general yeah. primitive living aspect yeah uh i mean i did because because the music is amazing and, I, and I, the atmosphere is fun and everything but it's it's just yeah i don't know if i'm willing to make sacrifice for that when you know uh yeah i just i just uh, I, I i don't want to take a shit in a, in a portally really that's kind of like full of that's what i hear is that is that accurate broadly yeah pretty much i mean yeah. this uh <clears throat> the the myth the legend uh what's her name johnny poo girl or whatever yeah. she's Down come up two or three times yeah I, I'm assuming. Do you know that story, Josh? About oh, she, well, she's a guest on the podcast. Or... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Johnny, you 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 explain the story. Leeds Festival, probably about two thousand and seven, eight. Do you reckon that was about that time? A girl around was that time. The toilets, um, and the the toilets block uh, leads, and I imagine it's similar to Reading is basically just a big uh, tr ditch cut cut into the ground with like toilets over the top of it and a girl dropped her phone into it and reached in to get her phone and basically fell into the the uh associated oh! mess that was left in there but there was every, always there was always the uh rumor that went around the campsite that someone had done that and i think it was never true up until that point and it oh yeah happened. yeah 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 
But oh, yeah, it was, it was it was a self it was a self fulfilling prophecy. Like it, I think I think everyone wanted it to happen, and then because it was so possible, like the holes were big enough, <clears throat> and then it actually did fucking happen. I mean, I hope it, maybe we should reach out to her. I hope she's okay. <laughs> Google, if you I don't imagine it's on her LinkedIn, so I don't know where we'll find her. I feel like the name Google is really mean as well, though. I don't, you know, maybe we should. <laughs> Unfortunate falling girl. <laughs> but, oh my God, what would you so how would you respond to because you know like there's a sort of fight or flight thing obviously the initial reaction would just be complete disgust but after a while do you think you sort of acclimatize and be like right i've got to get out of this shit somehow and just <laughs> you know what i mean yeah just, i think it's just like that bit on alan partridge where it's like you've got to laugh when you fall off a sofa you've got to laugh when you fall off a sofa <laughs> So far, it's like I imagine that—that's got to be right. You've just got to go right. It's just happened now, and it, but, yeah. Oh God, this is this is my life now. This is. What I don't know who you can't wallow. Yeah, but I don't know at the same time if it happened. It like you—you've got no one to go and say, "Look, I've just fallen into the toilet. Can you help me?" Because everyone there's like seventeen and off their face, and it's like uh, you really uh, smell. There's no proper showers. Oh yeah. Also, a seventeen-year-old who's off their face is just going to be like, oh. I think I've just hallucinated someone like in the <laughs> they're not gonna they're not gonna be like, oh let me help you, you know. Just, These poppers are strong, man. Yeah, oh fucking oh, whoa, that was trippy. I'm tripping balls, mate. I'm tripping out of balls. Just run off into the woods and then just never be seen again. Just go yeah. off the bridge. You're you are you have <clears throat> Josh, you were veering into your uh your Ketty, your Ketty Bristol uh, yeah. guy then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who is who is the, from, from uni is the, well, I went to uni in Sheffield, but yeah, every sort of, uh, there was, there was a guy in Halls, basically, and he was, he was the Halls resident drug dealer. And it, uh, it just reminds me of him. So I think, I'm pretty sure he's from Bristol, but yeah. it's one of the most, it's one of the most accurate portrayals of, uh, of that guy. Oh, well, thank you. I think there's, um, yeah, there's a lot of those people, aren't, aren't there? Definitely. They're just, who just who just love drugs, but also kind of view drugs as a substitute for any other sort of personal qualities that, that might be. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit of a... It's a bit of a piss take of drug culture, that one, which I think it... I think drug culture needs a bit of a piss take because, like, marketing-wise, drugs... Because of, you know, because of, like... Uh, the way that society looks at drugs, particularly like historically, right through like the nineties and stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of moral panic about it and a lot of people viewing them in a really negative way. Um, I, I think as a result of that, they become very cool. Right. And, and I kind of think in, to a certain extent that character is about saying, yeah, but there are some really lame aspects of drugs. <laughs> that I think it's very important to also acknowledge. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah, so, well, if, if this is our, uh, if this is our Grange Hill or whatever anti-drugs message, then, you know, just say no. Yeah. I know Tom, Tom, Tommy puts music clips into our episodes and I really hope you put the Grange Hill Just Say No song in at this point. Do 
we move on to Josh's music festival. <laughs> yes, sorry. That's called music. Sorry, yeah. Uh, so have you got a name and a location for your fantasy music festival? Um, yeah, I quite like to call it Summer Berries, uh, the Summer Berries Fest. <laughs> um, you know, not uh, and, and uh, you know, obviously we would have to sponsor it by Robinson's, Robinson Squash Summer Berries flavour uh, because... You know, that would just be a very pleasing brand. I mean, I, I hope we can make that happen. Uh, I say that because it's my, obviously it would be in the summer. You know, very, I think it's very clear, but you know, you know what it is, right? Summer yeah. <laughs> Berries Festival in the summer. And my friend, a very good stand-up, Tom Lucy, calls me Summer Berries. So I think, I, I quite like that name. So I think, yeah, I, I, that's what I call them the festival and I think it appeals it appeals across the spectrum you know I think your middle class mums will be liking it, it it's you know as, as well as maybe the younger the younger guys I, I, feel, I feel like uh dark fruits dark fruits twitter would like it as well it's kind of quite cidery isn't it yeah 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 that's true maybe we could get a sort of special copperberg that's it copperberg. cider for, uh, I, pre I appreciate that you're already investigating investment opportunities of who. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you have to well. think corporately. You have to think corporately. You know, <laughs> I think so often as comedians we don't, and 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 unfortunately, money makes the world go round. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's why I'm really here. I'm, I'm viewing it as a marketing strategy. And no, it's good. That's good. We we you know we get all sorts of, especially when we get the musicians on. They're they're always just thinking about. The music, but uh, it, it's nice to have someone who's, you know, thinking, you know, thinking overheads, costs, profit. Yeah, exactly. All these things. Finance, finances, travel routes, where they're going to be set. You know, how long is it going on for? Do we need to worry about a noise curfew? You know, what's the vibe? Good. Speaking of travel routes, uh, have you got a particular place in mind where we're going to have the festival held? I quite like to have it somewhere between Reading and Oxford because um, I think there's a lot of like fields there and I think that could be quite fun. Uh, so sort of like, a, I don't know, not Goring or like, you know, yeah, like in between you've got like Goring and then you've got like Digcot and, you know, and there's loads of fields in between there. So somewhere around there, um, admittedly, that is going to bring you sort of more um, people that live in a village types and maybe less young people, but that's okay. Cause they'll just, they'll travel, won't they? So, so yeah, a big fuck off field between Reading and Oxford, I think. I've just Googled, uh, oh no, I did Slough to Reading. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, not Slough. We're not doing that. Fuck you. No. What's, <laughs> what's the middle point? Wallingford. Yeah. Yeah. Around sort of Wallingford's kind of area, you know, sort of uh, feel, um, from Marsh Gifford. Yeah, Gifford sounds kind of cool. RAF, just hold it at RAF Benson. They've probably got enough room. Oh, <laughs> yeah, That'd be pretty you know, cool. I don't have a specific postcode, but just sort of somewhere between any of these places. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm okay, well, I've maybe written it, down. Maybe just I've a concept, anyway. Maybe the festival is just a sort of a concept. Uh, it doesn't yeah, its location is a mindset. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've, I've I've put I've put down big big fuck off field. So yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's that, what I'd like to hear. That's what. I'd that, like to hear. That'll do. Okay. And what 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 days of the week are we going, Josh? Um. Well, if we're talking about money, I think you know we've got to get your wanky corporate types down there. So it's gonna have to be on a weekend. Um. But I quite like the idea that it will be on a Friday and a Monday for the hardcore types. Uh, to sort of stay and, and enjoy as well. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Lovely. I imagine that's quite a, a boring vanilla choice. 
Well, uh, it's, like, it... Go on, Johnny. <clears throat> like you say, we've got to consider the overheads. And I think if, if we're getting Robinsons and, and the like involved, mm. they'll probably want their, a good return on their investment. So I think Yeah, they're not there. And, you know, I've heard that they're absolute, you know, they're real demons as far as that goes. They'll, 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 <laughs> they, they, yeah, they drive a hard bargain, do, do yeah, you know, yeah, Robinsons, yeah. notoriously. Like Mouse in South Park in that episode of South Park. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just what the dickens is going on here, huh? Oh shit, it's him again. What's this about a deal with the Chinese? I own all this shit now. I own the Death Star. I own Tatooine. It's all mine. Uh -huh. All right, fuckers, where are the missing ballots? Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to, uh, I tried to do that. I tried to do that impression the other day, and then I realized uh, I could used to do it, and now. Uh, my voice is broke. I say that as if my voice only broke like I'm free. It's just another thing that Tommy had to go through during lockdown. He's just like, <laughs> <laughs> suddenly breaking. He didn't know he what was was, he thought it was a symptom to begin with and we had to <laughs> no, it's just it's just biology, I, Tommy, it's fine. <laughs> I had a similar thing with uh Johnny Vegas in that when I was thirteen I used to be able to do that impression and then my voice broke and I lost it. And then I gained it again weirdly as a 21 year old or something and it was it was just such a weird because you know his, his voice was so fucking high like that <laughs> it took me ages to sort of properly get it right but he's yeah it, so that can happen you can maybe you'll bleed into other impressions as you get older <laughs> yeah thanks mate thanks for the encouragement <laughs> <laughs> should, we into, should we get into the friday night headliner for summer berries then yeah yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I've just written this down in an email, so I'm just going <laughs> to still be able to see me because, you know, I take this seriously. <laughs> Very important. Okay, so I've got, okay, so I've got six people who I love uh, here and some of them shouldn't really be headliners because they're not good. Well, one of them. Um, <laughs> but I quite, I would really like to start off because this is a day, remember, for your more hardcore fans, um, I'd like to start off with with Mark Rebier. Do you know Mark Rebier? I don't know. Tell us about him. He's he's a really cool. He does live looping. That's his thing. creates all these songs using the audience um, with live looping and synth and singing and stuff. And it's it's almost like comedy. It's not quite comedy, but it, it's, it's, and it's kind of like improv and it's kind of like music. And I just think he's just so, I just think he's the greatest. He's so cool. A lot of his songs are really funny and they follow like storyline. Kind of like uh, like early Eminem was very playful, right? Like and yeah, I mean, obviously hilarious. Hilarious. But yeah, he was. He was really funny, and really. It's, it's a similar wonderful playfulness. But I think you see with maybe slightly younger musicians um, before things can sometimes get a bit hit out and corporate. Um, 
yeah, so he's he's just great, and I'm I'm such a massive fan of his. And also because he's slightly he's slightly more niche; he's not a, a huge name. Uh, yeah, I'd love I'd love to start with him. Cause he's uh, have you ever cool. have you ever seen him before? I would love to. I've never I haven't ever seen him before, but it's re- it really is on my bucket list uh, because I mean I wanted to go see him before lockdown, but he keeps playing like quite small venues in like London and stuff. I sound so cool talking about this fringe guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he play, yeah, he just plays these really small venues, but uh, he's actually not really aware. <laughs> no, his, his, um, his like following online and stuff is, is like massively grown in a really short space of time, like over over the last like year and stuff. And he, um, but he plays yeah, he plays quite big venues. He plays like um, he plays places like Fabric, you know, that like that kind yeah. of sort of vibe. Um, I think he played, it was like called the Sheep and Pirate or something in London. I don't know. Is that when you, I don't know. Um, sounds like a, sounds like somewhere off the mighty booth. Yeah. 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 Maybe I just made it up. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he's super cool. And if you, yeah, you should check him out on YouTube after this. Cause he's, uh, he's really funny and yeah. it's great. It must take. So he uses like, go on, sorry, Johnny. It must take some balls to go on stage knowing that, if he's improving a lot of his stuff, mm. you don't know what the, the crowd's going to be like. You don't know what you're going to get back off them and whether you're going to have the necessary tools to put out an impressive yeah as well. But it, it's kind of like, uh, I mean, a lot of comics do that, though. I guess there's always, um, you know, you come out and you're, you're talking to people and stuff and, and, you know, you don't necessarily know what they're going to say, but you're hopefully hardened enough by enough gigs and enough gigs that have gone wrong and enough experiences you know, to to be able to have enough skill to sort of navigate your way out of it. But yeah, it is, it, it, it's a real, that's kind of what I think I really respect about him. It's such a skill-based, it, it's such a skill-based act in a number of ways. And that he's like legitimately funny. He's not like, you know, some musicians who try to be funny and they're not that funny. He's like really yeah. genuinely hilarious. Um, he's he's able to live loop, which I think is such a skill. It's so hard. It took Unbelievable. Edge- like years to master that right and he's and he's nailed it and i think he's in his mid 20s maybe late 20s and also yeah just the, the the ability to improv but but what i would say is you know he is playing to rooms full of people who just adore him so that does help i mean you're not going to get many people being like your shit or whatever I think they, yeah. like, just they looping that over about. and over again <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. your shit ah your shit ah <laughs> that's literally the kind of thing he does and like he could make a song out of that like and it, it amazing just, it just is awesome yeah he, he rocks. as someone who um you know i i play guitar and i've played in in various bands and i i love i, I went through a period of being obsessed with, with uh guitar pedals mm. um i've got a load of them but i've never i've never got the looping thing like to be honest i've never really tried it because my my brain just can't even conceptually my brain can't process it so i admire mm. anyone who's yeah who's able to do that especially live that's just fucking amazing yeah yeah but it, it's quite a big thing i understand in, in, in music it's, it's, it's oh yeah more and more and and i just i think you know i always i don't know about you guys but whenever i go and see something live and this certainly applies to comedy it's great to see the stuff that you know is like the greatest hits and the stuff that works but the best thing about it is when someone does something special for the audience and you feel like, oh, that's just for this, that's just for tonight. And the, the yeah. advantage with, that he has is that, it, you know, he can do that every night. And I think there's something so amazing about that. Um, yeah. 
You can't, it's some sort of thing that you see, even though Stuart Lee plans, like, I don't know if you guys watch much Stuart Lee, but like, yeah, I love it. He pl- it's a bit basic white boy, young male comedian of me to like him, I'm told, uh, <laughs> even though I think he's amazing. He's uh, genius. Yeah, but uh, to be fair, he would say that's what he's always, have you seen that bit where he's like, oh, all my fans are like, oh, mate, want to watch <laughs> you can't really like watch any other comedy. Yeah, when he talks about James Corden. He's there clapping away, James Corden. <laughs> Honestly, if you Google James Corden and my name, you find all these interviews, you know, there's people going to him, what's your favourite thing? And he goes, oh, Stuart Lee's brilliant, you know, trying to make out he's clever. <laughs> Imagine James Corden watching me. Like a dog listening to classical music. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Lie. PR bullshit. He also has that ability to, you know, he's playing off the crowd and design, although he's like designing ways for his comedy to fail so that you can laugh at it, he like is also playing off the audience so you feel like. You know, it's it's something specifically done for you, and I just think that's such a cool aspect of performing, and something I'd like to really try and do a bit more um, in my stand-up. I think the best comic that I've ever seen do for improv stuff is is Ross Noble, and I oh, think really? his like he went on to he did two and a half hour sets of just him, <laughs> and he went onto stage with like four ideas that he knew four stories that he knew he was going to tell and the rest was just based off audience interaction and it was just his callback ability is just incredible to to be able to call back something that someone in the crowd told you for the first time an hour beforehand Mm. call that back at the end of your show is just amazing and uh yeah i went to see him probably like four or five times when i was in my early 20s and just every single Mm. time a different show and they used to record every single one of his shows because they never knew which one would make the best DVD because <laughs> they didn't know which one would really that's the best show. It was just like beyond incredible. So Mark Riviere, very much <laughs> a musical Ross Noble from... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in the forest and then it all went dark. And then the next thing you know, it, it turned into God and he brought life upon the world. It was amazing. And then bizarrely, God electrocuted himself which was a little bit odd. He only had three special effects. You realise now what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be spending the rest of the show trying to weave uh, people being electrocuted into the show just to use that one shitty special effect. <laughs> yeah, so do look out for that, in a, which is fine for the rest of us. We'll all be laughing along and having fun. With poor Ollie down there, that reminds him of work gone wrong. <laughs> you know? It's almost like um, that... When you talk about that, John, it kind of reminded me of the way Larry David does Curb, because it's like the script, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the script is like four pages. It's just four pages of like a very basic story idea. And then the rest of it's just totally improvised, which which is incredible, considering it's just one of the most one of the most brilliant and hilarious programs of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, shall we move like on to yeah. go on? Sorry. So it was just like, I mean, it's like the trip is, is you know, yes, yeah. improvised around a load of ideas and, and that's some of the best. Oh, yeah. I, I just think it's amazing how like salty Coogan is in that <laughs> and yet you still sort of like him, right? Like, but oh, if, yeah. if, he, if he was like even 10% less talented than he is and less good, you'd be like, who is this arrogant prick? But he's yeah. good enough to be as arrogant <laughs> as he comes across, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. Well, he knows he's good, and he knows he's good. Yeah, and he's playing He's obviously playing a bit of a, you know, a sort of pastiche of himself, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. But let's move on to the... Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to the Saturday, Josh. Who's your Saturday head? Yeah. So, um... You can have... I, I know you mentioned you, you've got six. You, you can have, like, support acts and that, if you, if you want to shoehorn everyone in. Yeah, somewhere. yeah. Uh, well... I really like, um, I, this is a bit more of a mainstream one, but I really like Tame Impala. I'm a big fan of theirs. I know that, yeah. that I feel like that's a little bit like. That's no, a great show. But no, I, I, I some, I'm finding it hard to be very encouraging about people without sounding like a lame guy. Like I've, I've got some, they've got some lovely hits. They've, they've really got some lovely stuff. <laughs> and I love the tune. It, it's one guy, isn't it? That does. Well, <clears throat> it's uh, yeah, Kevin. Uh, shit, forgot his surname, but yeah, he Impala. Base. Ba- <laughs> Sir, Sir Kevin Tame Impala, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, he uh, he basically writes every aspect of it, and he records it all in his in his studio. That's and right. then he just he, he has his he has his mates like go out on tour and play it live with him, who are all in other brilliant bands such as uh, yeah Tame Impala have about three offshoot bands. Uh, one of them's Pond, who are incredible as well. But mm. yeah, I, I'm no I. Unashamedly, a, a big fan as well myself. Like they, um, I saw them. I've seen them a few times, but I saw them. I once saw them at the Albert Hall in Manchester, which is a beautiful venue, oh, and it's wow. quite, it's it's quite small considering they're such a massive band. Mm. And I've seen it. I've seen them at festivals and in arenas before, but to see them there with just a couple of thousand, they had all all their lights and stuff in this old historic venue is just one of the best gigs I've been to. Mm, mm, mm. Don't be ashamed about saying same parlor. Thank you. I just, uh, yeah. There's so much mainstream shame in comedy. I think people love to sort of be like, "Oh, you like, well, you like Macintyre, do you?" Uh, uh. You know, you're not, <laughs> you're not allowed to like the people that are the most successful. There's, there's, uh, there's this sort of weird um, coolness associated with the. I, I guess that's because it's supposed to be a countercultural thing, arguably, I suppose. But I mean, I don't necessarily think that's a totally exhaustive as a definition of comedy. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's. I'm applying a similar definition to, to music, and maybe I shouldn't. Because you well, can't. I think really... I, I feel like music's gone less. Like music, very much again. Like throwing back to what we were talking about earlier, 15 years ago, or in in sort of in the mid 2000s period, or in the Britpop period. I think music in the last 10 years has become a lot less tribalistic and I, th- mm. I feel like there's more there's more room to just be like yeah because uh, you know taylor swift now she gets incredible reviews on pitchfork like all the trendy sort of 
Taylor Swift's latest album was produced by like the guy from The National and like she had Bon Iver on it and things like that. So mm. she's obviously made big inroads into making pop more accessible to people that, you know, would listen to The yeah. National. <laughs> yeah. And well, yeah, look, you know, fucking Beyonce. Like she gets mentioned so much in this podcast and there's a reason she's, you know, the biggest like yeah, act in the world because she's the best. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's like well, anyone who's had immense mainstream success is, you know, it's, it's always a bit of an illusion. It's uh, That's what I try to bring across with that, with my Ketty Raver character who who plays techno, but it's his own genre of techno. So he calls it uh, equine techno because it's inspired by his <laughs> techno. Um, and there's you know no one there's this sort of like people like like it's sort of a badge of honor the fact that the sort of the mainstream industry hasn't accepted them and, and i think this character is supposed to be like that it's like, oh well it's all just industry bullshit but like <laughs> surely that's the ultimate goal you can't art is supposed to be for people it's not supposed to be for you know no one right <laughs> yeah 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 no i i agree my only real uh, knowledge of ta- sorry, my only real knowledge of Tame Impala comes from I don't know if you follow Beam Me Up Soft Boy on uh, <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> but I can t- imagine what that what that entails. But but Tame Impala often get a, a reference, whether in the messages or in the in the comments or the, the description of that. So that's my only real knowledge of them. And uh, again, I pr- it probably does do them a disservice. And I think, like you say, they're a bit of a punchline for white like indie lovers but again if they're they're successful for a reason a lot of the time and but then then uh music well loads of (laughs) loads of big (laughs) loads of big hip-hop acts work with them like um like travis scott and kendrick lamar like some of the most credible hip-hop acts in the world yeah work with um kevin parker that's it so you know if all these it's like incredible hip hop acts were, and then that you know, there's, there's it, there is a lot of credence to what they do. Yeah, yeah. The same as what we said, we've said about Coldplay on this podcast before that if Jay Z is willing to work with Chris Martin, he's obviously got some you know bones about him. He's obviously a good musician that can write good songs. If someone is influential and as as great as Jay Z or work with him, then yeah. who, who are you know who are the drugged up children to mock? You know, Coldplay. We haven't had half the success that Chris yeah, Martin yeah, has. Yeah. Yet, yet, yet. There's always time. Well, I think that yeah, but it's much cooler to be not successful anyway, isn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I tell my mom every single time. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> um, Josh, have you, have you seen them? Have you seen them live before? No, I haven't. Um, and I really would like to. I nearly did go with with uh, when I was a drugged up child with other drugged up children uh but I didn't in the end but yeah no I, I they would be super fun to to watch um yeah I, I just I love their songs is that song Nangs they have you heard that one And it's apparently it's supposed to be like replicating the feeling of being on ecstasy, right? Um, which I thought was very interesting as like a, a premise for a song. I thought that was quite cool. Um, right. Yeah, they got some good stuff. Cool. I mean, I've right. never taken it, but I have friends who have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and they tell me it's really, really bang on, a really bang on rendition. <laughs> it's all right. I've, I've already, um, I've already, I think it's a Magic Gang episode. I already admit it's, uh, and I know my mum and dad listen, and I know they know this anyway. Sorry for mentioning my mum and dad again, Johnny, but I, I had a, a, a pill story uh, from the. It was when I was eighteen. Don't you know? Don't do them anymore. That was a one-off time. I'm going to shut up. I don't do drugs. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Let's move on to the. <laughs> let's move on to the Sunday. Who's your? Uh, who's your Sunday uh, headline, yeah. Josh? Yeah. So I um, I think Sunday. You know, maybe a bit more of a family day. You know, the Sunday evening shift is quite chill, a bit more chill. So I'm going to go with old Jay, which is, again, another probably quite a soft boy. She may contain the urge to run away, but hold her down with soggy clothes and breeze blocks. Jamaline, some fact that seen my love, my love, love, love. Please don't go, I love you so, my lovely. I just really like them, all right? I just, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I was going to pick, and I quite like Katy Perry. I wasn't going to put her in there. But, um, you know, I yeah, revealed my true soft boy nature. But I love well, may, I Maybe we can have a co-headline or a collaboration between Katy Perry and Old Joe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had, I have, I've got Jamie XX written down here, who I really like. Uh, oh, that, that's that's your Bristol cool guy coming. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. But maybe that's for, <laughs> that's for Monday, I think. Uh, yeah, but that is definitely a load of guys who are like, oh mate, that is absolutely sick. <laughs> I've decided to make him a bit more Kevin, Kevin and Perry, you know. Mom, <laughs> which I think is funnier than him. I don't know. Yeah, less Kevin and Perry, um, more Katy Perry. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, no, Alt, Alt J. I saw this. I saw this tweet recently, and I, I thought, I thought it's a bit unfair because I wasn't an Alt J fan, and then I saw him at Glastonbury 2013. I saw him live, and like, they absolutely blew me away. And ever since then, I've ever since then I've been a big fan. And, and rip. but have you seen that video of those two lads who are absolutely they're just stoned off their tits, and they make this parody Alt J song. Put it up inside if you want to put it in my mind. Oh. This is how we go and do it in my butt now. Oh. This is how we go in my butt now. This is how we go in my butt now. No, that sounds hilarious, though. Right, so this it must have been about three or four years ago, and they they like this is how you make an Alt J song, and then they just they do all the loops and stuff. They they loop it all over, and it, it's absolutely brilliant. It's fucking hilarious. Mm. And I saw someone tweet the other day. It's like it's amazing how two uh, 
two stone lads eating crisps ruined it, like just killed Alt J's career. <laughs> pretty much it, like that video went viral. It's got millions of views and you know, not really hurt. Alt J were massive before that. Not heard much of, not heard much yeah, of them okay, since. That's a, that's a shame. I did. I think, uh, but that also is the sign that you've made it right. Where someone can take the piss out of you. Right, Definitely. like that, that. That's always like when someone can do when someone does an impression of you. That, that people are always like, "Well, you." I think that, I think Acaster partially likes the fact that I did an impression of him for that reason because it's like this is absolute. The fact that that was that I could make money from that was a clear sign that Acaster was, you know, the guy. He was, you know, that he was a big name at that point. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think. I guess you can, yeah. They're definitely they're easy to mock, but I also think that I I love their. But it's it's any sort of song that's sort of quite sort of sensitive or about love or about um, feelings or whatever that people love to mock. We all have to pretend that we don't have emotions. Let's all let's all do that, shall we? <laughs> well, they they have one of the, the Alt have one of the most incredible lyrics, and I'm probably going to quote it wrong, but it's something like, uh, like oh, uh, like open you up and lick you out like a crisp packet or something. that's not from that parody video Tom. yeah I'm not... <laughs> honestly or indeed another video online i'm not sure <laughs> it might be something very different um I think, yeah I do, I do like it though i think there's there's often some good um i always like sort of like academic illusions in lyrics as well hosier has a lot of references to like plato and i know he's another soft boy artist but he, <laughs> he makes a lot of references to plato and is and i i as someone who studied philosophy i just I, it's just a bit, it's a bit lame and nerdy, but I love it. I'm like, oh, wow, that's, he's talking about the allegory of the cave. That's <laughs> like that, um, that Leonardo DiCaprio meme that's going around at the moment where he points, he's pointing at the screen. Oh, yeah, Whenever yeah. there's a Plato reference, it's like, there it is. So <laughs> um, no, Katy Perry, we touched on a bit with Beyonce. I think she's someone that sort of almost straddles that acceptable pop music thing now as well. And like she's got so many like firework and roar and, and things like that are incredible yeah. pop songs. I just, I, I, I know I said Katy Perry, but as soon as I mentioned Katy Perry, I thought of Chain to the Rhythm, you know that song? Um, yeah. And then I, I immediately thought of Bo Burnham's repeat stuff. 
America says we love a chorus, but don't get complicated and bore us. No meaning might be missing. We need to know the words after just one listen. So repeat stuff, 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 repeat stuff. Yeah, oh, you know it. I love my baby and you know I couldn't live without her But now I need to make every girl think the song's about her Just to make sure that they spread it like the plague So I describe my dream girl as really, really vague Like, I love your hands cause your fingerprints are like no other I love your eyes and their bluish, brownish, greenish color I love it when you smile, that you smile wide And I love how your torso has an arm on either side Now, if you're my agent, you might be thinking Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> yeah and, and it just makes me Um, yeah, I, I, I heard Casey Perry's changed the rhythm in my head and then I was like oh shit Bo Burnham's repeat stuff and I, I, Bo Burnham is probably my favorite musical artist ever and yeah. you know I get he's a comedian but you know I, if I could get him to come out of retirement because I know he doesn't really do it anymore or to hear more Tim Minchin to come and do a set actually, oh wow yeah Perry, those two I just I, I <laughs> love I love Burnham stuff. I love Tim Minchin stuff. I think it's so clever. Uh, it's so ta it's so much talent on show. Yeah, so I would love that on the Sunday, maybe Sunday afternoon. Well, Bo Burnham's making like brilliant, serious films now, isn't it? Yeah, man. Eighth Grade is is was phenomenal. Yeah, right. Um, I'm I'm a I am a soft boy, but it did it, it, it really <laughs> did. There's a bit at the end of that. Yeah, I think that might be quite evident. But also, I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> soft boys night. Yeah. Um, okay, right. So it's your final night. It's the Monday. Who Since you so politely, we'll give you an extra. We'll give you an extra day. Oh, thank yeah. you. Oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't realize there's only three. See, this is because I'm a festival noob. I should have <laughs> known more about this. I've, I've I've gone and suggested we put on four dates. Um, no, but you've you've got you've got the backing of Robinsons and Copperberg, so you know we can afford an extra day. Yeah, who would be your Monday headliner? I quite like it to also kind of be sponsored by the Copper Club as well <laughs> yeah. like a little pop-up copper club they have nice igloos they have sort of like little pods in the winter lovely but obviously it will be in the summer so yeah anyway um i yeah jamie xx i really like jamie xx like fast paced uh good like workout music good for sort of uh you know if you enjoy partaking in uh, the old persian rugs uh very good i imagine uh and so i think yeah i think that will be because you know that's not the corporate day everyone's gone home it's just the absolute ketty ravers who are who are still there um just scraggling about for, around some happiness in the bottom of a plastic small baggie um, and I think there's nothing better than Jamie XX to, to, to see that off. I think it would go out on a high. Is Maybe to Manny Mackin as well. Maybe she could do a DJ set. I'm a big fan of her. Is there a particular song that you want him to play out for the end, end of the interview? Uh, yes, I really like I Don't Know. 
really good. That's very yes. sort of high, high, you know, how you imagine uh, big pumping festival music. I, this still sounds very wrong for me. I, I sound way too sort of like posh. To be like, yes, the real, it's really giving us a great fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love yeah. JXX. I've I've seen him. Yeah, I've seen him myself, and he yeah, he's incredible live. But it's like it's hard for a DJ to be like. Well, I suppose it's not hard for a DJ to be great live because there's you know so many who do it. Like it's the whole thing in Ibiza. But it's not necessarily my thing seeing DJs live. But mm -hmm. he's he's an exception to that. He's absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. I, it is great when you see a good DJ set. Uh, this again, I feel embarrassed at how mainstream this is, but I once saw Example live and he was great. It's just when you, when they, you know, uh, uh, I can't even finish. I, I, I feel so lame. I can't. He's like, yeah, have you heard of Take That? They're really good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> great song, Shine. Oh, I love Shine. Oh, brilliant. Uh, if, any, if this podcast has done anything, it's really highlighted how truly uncool I am, I think. <laughs> Yeah, Tommy, do you want to run through the lineup for Josh's festival? Yeah, Josh Berry, your fest is called Summerberry's Fest. Yes. It's in a big fuck off field. Uh, yeah. I've put Wallingford in brackets, but somewhere between Redden and Oxford. Uh, it's sponsored by Copperberg and Robinsons. It's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday festival. On Friday, we have Mark Rebier. Uh, did I pronounce that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, Rebier, yeah. <laughs> Saturday we have uh, the incredible Tame Impala. Sunday we have Alt J, and yep. also we've got a comedy stage with Bo Burnham and Tim Minchin. On Monday we have Jamie XX finishing off the festival with the Stragglers and the Ketty Ravers. Josh Berry, this has been your fest. Thanks for coming on, mate. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been, it really has been a pleasure, guys. And if uh, if the drugged up children go anywhere, and I really hope we do. Um, I would really love to perform with you guys someday. I think that would be super fun. Check us out, check us out on SoundCloud, the drugged up yeah, children. Yeah. We'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. That was Josh Berry on this week's Your Fest and... I just, I'm still quite shocked by his Louis through. I mean, when he was doing that, I was freaking out a bit about just how accurate he is. He's had some amazing reviews from the likes of John Coleshaw, Rob Brydon. And for me, he is one of the best impressionists and character actors that we've got that's budding in the UK comedy scene. If you want to hear more from Josh, you can follow him at Josh Berry Comedy on both Twitter and Instagram. As I mentioned, he's got his fake news podcast. Search for that in all the same places you search for Your Fest. Your Fest is on Twitter and Instagram at Your Fest Podcast. Johnny is on Twitter at Johnny Gabriel. And don't follow him on Instagram, please, people. He says this every week. Please stop trying. Oh, and don't add him on Facebook either. That's just uh, a bit odd. I'm on Facebook. Not Facebook. Don't fucking follow me on there, actually, please. <laughs> I'm on Instagram and Twitter as at Tom Andrew Stew, and we will see you next week. I'm I'm dreading Johnny hearing this because I've definitely missed out some important information. As I said, I've worked six or seven days in the past week, and that is my life from now until the end of the year. So, yeah, and again, apologies that the episode is a bit late. <laughs>
And sorry, Johnny, if I've missed anything. But join us next week, next Monday, for another Your Fest. Goodbye. Love you. <laughs>